Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are here on a Wednesday morning. It can still be Warriors Wednesday, even though the Warriors didn't win. It's not a Warriors win Wednesday. The Memphis Grizzlies made sure of that. 95.7. The game. Pregame show. Alan South filling in for Stephen Lanford. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for allowing me to be your sip of coffee to wake up to in the morning, your McMuffin, whatever you're having on this great Wednesday morning. We got Warriors. We got plenty of Warriors. We, we've been worried about these Memphis Grizzlies, and they give us time to worry about them every single chance they get when the Warriors play them. And later in the show, we'll get into some Niners. Yesterday, we got into the nitty gritty of some of the matchups. I just want to talk about. I just want to talk about the the storyline and how they got there. I, I want to hear from you guys about the Warriors, and I want to hear about the Niners. What when they lost to the Titans? What did you think? Where did you think the season might go? And now they are the dark horses, the team that nobody wants to play. The text lines are open. Call lines are open. It's bright and early, 888-957-9570. But let's get back to the Warriors. Let's get back to what they had to deal with yesterday. And we're going to start it off right here because this just still makes me feel very, very good. Curry to throw it in. Goes to Thompson. Off a screen, left corner, three, slid it home. That's big. Boy, that call really helped out the Warriors. They're down by eight. I love it. I'm still, I'm not going to get over that. I'm not going to get over that. Just hearing Clay's name again, probably for the rest of the season, possibly for the rest of his career. And I know that everybody else feels the same way. Feels the same way. So let's get in to what actually happened. The Grizzlies, they do what they always do. They do what they always do against the Warriors, the 96 Bulls. No Dylan Brooks. Obviously, the Warriors didn't have Draymond Green. And let's actually, we know the tough stretch is coming up. Let's hear what Steve Kerr has to say about Draymond's status. 
I think it's doubtful uh, right now that he would join us. He's doing well, but um, it seems, you know, with the back-to-back, it seems far-fetched to, to think that we'll just fly him out and play him. He's, he's not ready to, to do that, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, the idea that Jamon's going to fly out d- does – you don't want to hear it, but at least none of us can sit here and, and worry that it might possibly happen. So you 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 kind of take the Band-Aid off and you let this team know, look, we're not going to have Draymond, so we're going to have to figure it out on our own. So the Grizzlies come out hot, as they, as they typically do. And are we really surprised? I mean, the Warriors were a bit flat. It was a very emotional game the last game. Clay coming back, again, no Draymond. Grizzlies, they smelled blood in the water. They really smelled blood in the water. And as I like to call them, Team Gen Z. Because, of course, when you play the Grizzlies, you cannot play the Grizzlies without there being some form of pettiness. There's always pettiness with them. You got Ja Morant not high-fiving kids because they have Curry jerseys on, which is fine. That's what he does. They're booing Iggy every time he touches the ball. And it's like, really? We're still doing that? We're really still doing that. So, I think everybody knows what happened, and I talked a little bit about it yesterday as far as Iggy didn't feel like the Grizzlies are contenders. Iggy is no spring chicken, and he's not going to put miles on his body for a team that he didn't feel were going to go anywhere. And to be honest, the Grizzlies can huff and puff all they want. They didn't make the playoffs that year. Okay, that was the bubble year, if I'm not mistaken. And then after not making the playoffs – Iggy leaves, goes to the Heat, and makes the finals. He gets to the finals. So you can be as salty as you want. You can continue to boo Iggy. But nobody, even in Memphis, can you really blame them? All these guys, very young. They like to get on Twitter. They like to they like to talk their mess about everything that's going yeah, on. I mean, Twitter. Twitter, man. I mean, John Morant, because, you know, you follow topics and other things start coming up. He, he tweets as soon as the game's over. Like, as soon as the game's over. That's their culture. That's just what it is. But I end up in a black hole, and everybody is still talking about how Iggy didn't want to play with them. They're screenshotting Dylan Brooks's, uh, you know, kind of tweet about it that, that started everything. Just let it go. Let it go. You guys you guys are, are, are the, the new young team. Clay got asked, are they, do they remind him of the Warriors? Clay kind of respectfully, respectfully said, absolutely not. But just let it go, Grizzlies, and I know they won't because that's what they do. So getting back to the actual game, Memphis came into the game winners of 10 straight. And you can't replace Draymond with one person. You have to try to replace him by committee. The the JTA start was kind of interesting because he did not play very much. I mean, when you end the game and you're in sweats, that kind of gives you, you know, a, a, an idea when you're in warm-up. So, I, you know, I and we talked yesterday about how JTA does have that Draymond-esque uh, mentality, but then when you look at, I believe, GP2 didn't get in the game until like the 250 mark in the second half, something like that. Everybody was up in arms because he really does put the clamps on John Morant, and we didn't see him earlier in the game. Maybe that could have helped, probably could, but you know you got to replace Draymond by committee. Otto Porter ends up playing. Both of them were questionable, GP2 and Otto Porter. They both end up playing. First, the Grizzlies were killing the Warriors in the points-off turnover category. It was 20 to nothing 
uh, points off turnovers in the first half. Warriors turned the ball over 12 times in the first half, and, and they averaged 15.8. They turned the ball over 17 times yesterday, which is good for second most in the league. So looking forward to, to what the Warriors have going on, you have a team that hasn't really been great at free throws and turns the ball over. It's not a great recipe, Sam. It's not a great recipe at all, and nobody is freaking out yet. If you are freaking out, hit the text line 888-957-9570 and let us know, is there something going on? Are you worried? Steph Curry, is this a Grizzlies thing? I think we can all probably agree at this point in time, nobody really wants to play the Grizzlies in the playoffs. And I know the Warriors didn't have Draymond. The Warriors have had trouble with Draymond against the Grizzlies. You know, you, you go to the grindhouse, they, they, they're loud, they're proud, and you can have some issues. I, I don't think any team wants to necessarily play the Grizzlies. I think they are a problem. National media is starting to recognize them. You know, they're, they're, they're not the, the, the destination spot, so a lot of times cities like that like to hang their hat on that. And they're starting to find their groove. I mean, a lot of their guys, Jaron Jackson, when he shoots the push shot, I don't think any shot is going in from him. But they go in, like we talked, Desmond Bain actually had an off game. that They still managed to, to, to take care of business. And obviously, John Morant is their closer. So that out-of-bounds play, they're down 18 with six minutes left in the half. They start to go on a bit on the run, the Warriors do. And the out-of-bounds play that we played from the beginning where Clay gets blocked early, and it clearly deflects off him, right? We, we love the Warriors. We, we, we love our Bay Area teams. But we got to be honest about this stuff. That clearly went off Clay's arm. It, it was very clear. They, don't, they didn't want to use a challenge. Nobody, you know, it doesn't get reviewed. So... Clay, they get the ball back. Warriors get the ball back. Clay ends up in the corner, makes a corner three. The Warriors go from down, down 18 with six minutes left to down eight at halftime. And at that point, if you're watching the game, you're thinking, all right, we, we got action. We're going into the, the third quarter where we do work. Everything is everything based on how poorly the Warriors played. You can't really complain very much uh, to be down eight, even just psychologically. We talked about how certain numbers – um, look better than other numbers. Being down eight versus being down 11 going into half, when you know you didn't play well, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. So Clay makes the, the last bucket of the first half, then proceeds to make the first bucket of the second half, and you're thinking, okay, we, we're, we're starting to cook here. We're starting to cook. A player two later, and I don't know how everybody else saw it, a player two later, you just see Clay go down on the sideline. And because, you know, uh, you couldn't really see the ref next to Clay. You're not really looking at it because you're looking at the ball. You just see Clay go down. And I don't know about you guys, but I almost about lost my lunch. I almost about lost my lunch. Um, you see him fall. We didn't know what happened. That's Turns a problem. Out it's a very big problem. And essentially what happened is he trips over the ref. They tripped over each other. Both of them were okay. But, man, that was not what you want to see Clay's second game back. And I just think that we're going to have these feelings – for the rest of Clay's career. I think anytime he falls, even on his drives, when he gets fouled, you're just like, oh, it, ah, okay, you're right. You're right. And I feel like that's just not going to go away. So the Warriors start out their, their classic third quarter run. Steph gets going a little bit. But there was a play where he took a shot and missed. And we haven't seen something like this. Again, it's early. 
And look, Steph and Clay, very close. We understand that. Clay kind of puts his hand up a couple times in the air, and I'm not going to say he showed Steph up or anything like that. He's excited. He had already he had made, you know, his last two threes. And there's going to be some growing pains there on Clay's part and also on Steph's part. Let's let's not forget. He has been he is still the number one option, but he's been the number one option and pretty much the 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 only option you see Jordan Poole kind of show up in most of those situations. A contested three is better than a lot of players open threes, but you got Clay Thompson back. And to see Clay kind of throw his hands up, you think, all right, this is not just about Clay getting back. This is still this is also about Steph Curry understanding that his splash brother is back and that his splash brother is going to have his back. And I know later in the game, later in the game, uh, Clay missed an open three-pointer that would have brought them, I believe, within three, which would have been, which would have been huge, would have been huge, but isn't able, isn't able to knock it down. And obviously they eventually lose. The last minute or two in the third, with no Steph or Clay, I thought was just outstanding. John Morant's yelling, yes, sir, after a foul, then clanks the first free throw, which is just like classic John Morant. He doesn't care, and, that, and that's the whole point. He doesn't care that it didn't really look good because to be as good as he is and to have that chip on your shoulder, the small school, undersized, nobody really wanted you coming out of high school. That's just who he is. He doesn't care that he clanked the free throw. He's a competitor. He's a competitor. And he's going to shake it off and, and and just continue to work. And that's exactly what he did. Nobody remembers the, the missed free throw except me because I tweeted about it because I thought it was funny at the time. It wasn't funny when they ended up, when he did close in the at the end of the fourth quarter. So he clanks the free throw. I'm, t- I'm saying relax, young fella, right? Damian Lee contested three, which... He, Damian Lee and his big shots, we talk, we talk about stoppers, right? When things are getting out of hand, who's going to be a stopper? For the Warriors, if 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 Clay if Clay or Steph isn't in, who's gonna make that shot? Damian Lee is huge at doing that. Otto Porter has been huge at doing that. So Damian Lee makes a contested three. Then you get a GP2 dunk over John Moran. John Moran didn't jump. Let's not act like he yammed it on John Moran, but it was on John Moran's head. I will say that. So you're feeling good. You're feeling good going into the fourth quarter. And we're starting to see a pattern here where as good as the Warriors have been in the third. They have not been very good in the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, Clay and Steph, they don't get back in until I believe it ended up being under five minutes, right, after they come in and, at, to start the fourth, under five minutes, and everybody was up in arms about that. And I understand why, but, but Steph and what he did, I believe he only scored in the, the 10 minutes or 11 minutes he played, only had one point. And there were 11 points scored while he was in the game from the Grizzlies. So it's not necessary. And you can argue flow. You can argue, uh, you know, rhythm, things like that. I, 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 saw, I saw people saying, look, why, are, you know, why? And everybody's going to question the rotations because that's what people do. They love to question Kerr. And sometimes he can be a little stubborn in his, in his rotations. Why bring him in so early? In the fourth, why start him in the fourth just to bring him in so so much later? You could have kind of done what John Morant did, where you know you're playing majority of the fourth and just closing it out. Just bring, just bring, just don't even start the fourth, maybe, and then just kind of ride out earlier in the fourth and then end the game that way. But the game ends. Obviously, the Warriors don't get the W, and I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm having some flashbacks here. And the last time we saw Clay play. 
They had Kevin Durant. And if we're honest with ourselves, the Warriors were outstanding when it was just the Splash Brothers and they were the main event. But there is something to be said about when the games get tight and being able to create, being able to create on your own. We've talked about it before. A fourth quarter, to me, is basically a mini version of a playoff game because everybody is going to take away what you do best. Or And not to say that they're not trying to take away Steph from the jump, but they're really keying in on who they do not want to shoot. So you have this system that works very well at the beginning of the game. And again, nobody's freaking out. Warriors, great record, right? Outstanding. But you have this situation. And again, we've seen these fourth quarters and how they have not worked very well for them. So things get tight. And you don't necessarily have anybody besides Steph that can create off the dribble. Against top defenders. Memphis, very good defensive team. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, he's been a guy who's shown up. He's been a guy who's continuing to grow. And those are the operative words, continuing to grow, continuing to grow. He's not there yet, okay? Against some of these lesser defenders, we see Jordan Poole dance. We see Jordan Poole get to the rack and do a lot of these things that we love watching him do. But he was trying yesterday. And I don't think he was – I don't think he was – trying too hard, but he was trying to get by, and he was trying to cook, and even on some of the switches, he was not able to get by. That matters, and, and, I'm, and I'm looking at this thinking, okay, who is going to th- – these are situations where it is a personnel thing. This is not a, a system thing. This is not – and like I said, there were some open threes that Jordan Poole missed, Clay missed one, so they are getting open shots. Don't get me wrong, but when it does get tight – Who is going to be the guy, if there is a guy, besides Steph to kind of – and Draymond creates in a different way. Draymond creates through the flow of the offense, not necessarily, you know, he's not getting by defenders. And then then when you're facing Memphis, you get by one defender and you got two other big boys coming to smack that ball right out of the air, which they did to Steph a couple of times. And, of course, because they're Memphis, let them hear about it. Let's let's hear from Kerr on – what he thought happened in the game and why they why he thinks they didn't come out with the W. You know, we did a lot of good things to get back in it after a really bad first half. But uh, it was a great game to two, uh, two of the best teams in the league. And they're they're the hottest team in the league. And we gave ourselves a chance, but we didn't didn't play well enough to win. Yeah, it's time to respect the Grizzlies. If nobody had before. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're young, they're up and coming, Team Gen Z. But these guys, like we said yesterday, shout out Bone Crusher, they're never scared. We got a text right here, 925. Don't overreact to last night's loss. Draymond wasn't around. I hear you. I'm not trying to overreact per se. It's more about what we're seeing and less. R E L A X. Relax. I'm trying. I'm trying. And nobody is necessarily freaking out. It's less about the actual game and more about what we saw within the game. Now, number one, the Grizzlies just – they have everybody's number right now, winners of 10 straight, but we've seen what goes on when the Warriors play them. It it goes down to the wire every single time. And let's not forget, he's no Draymond, but, but 
again, he's kind of the Draymond. Now, now to be fair, I think the Grizzlies probably, the way they talk, got about five Draymonds on that team as far as trash talking. But there was no Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks is a guy who is that 3 and D guy and will, will lock up whoever your hot hand is most of the time he's on Steph. They didn't have him either. So less about the actual game, more about what we're seeing within the game. This team, the Warriors, second most turn, second highest turnover rate in the league, you can get away with that when everything is rolling. You can get away with that with Kevin Durant. You can get away with that with, with, with Steph Hot. You can get away with that with Clay at 100%. None of those things are where they are right now. None of those things are where they are right now. So that is why you got to have some cause to pause. So nobody is freaking out, and I know it sounds like I am, but it's more about, okay, how are you going to, to, to reconcile this and get back on the right track? Get back on the right track. We got a 415 number here. To everyone who says relax, I get so tired of that after a loss because once we get to the playoffs, things must change, so we have to address it now. I agree. I agree. Again, one game, you know, it turns into this thing where it's one game here, one game there. But if within those games, it's the same recipe for a loss, then maybe there is an issue with what is happening within that recipe. Maybe that's the issue. It's not about the actual singular game. But in terms of the Grizzlies, I believe it also is because you didn't have Draymond. You didn't have Draymond. And Clay is still coming back. Everybody is still getting into the flow. There was a there was a pass where there was a pass where Clay it just slipped out of his hands. That was actually uh, a possession or two after a possession or two after uh Clay threw his hands up when Steph didn't get him the ball. So w- no freakouts, no freakouts here. Five twenty-one in the morning, you're enjoying whatever whatever breakfast you're enjoying right now. No need to freak out, or maybe if you're on graveyard shift, maybe you're already eating lunch. Who knows? No need to freak out, but you do have to figure out what is going on. Not not with the clay piece. The clay piece is separate. Only his second game back. <laughs> four hundred ninety-one game. It's four hundred ninety-one days. Separate piece. This has been going on before Clay, and Clay eventually will alleviate some of this stuff, but it has been going on before Clay. Let's hear what Steph had to say about just the team in general and what they need to do. We're right where we want to be. We just understand in the margins of what it takes to win basketball games at this level. It's, you're, it's a good reminder of how hard it is, how difficult it is, and especially when you're playing a good team. So, Again, the discipline to know how to start games better, you know, taking care of the basketball, controlling what we can control will put us in a better position. You know, guys understanding the different looks of where their minutes and the rotations are with Clayback and then maintaining our identity on defense. Like, we, we played solid defense for the majority of the game. Again, that's going to help us, you know, win at the highest level when we get there to the playoffs. So, sticking with the program, we got a pretty good record right now and, Nobody likes losing, so it's always a nice little shock to the system. And we talked we talked about everybody wants to be the first team to beat the Splash Brothers. That happened. It, it was it was short lived. And again, when you have we knew this was going to be a tough stretch going into it, and it is 
to, to start off the bat, we thought it was going to be tough with Draymond. Now you find out you don't have Draymond. And, and really, especially when the Warriors get back from this road trip, you want to make sure Draymond is in a great spot. That, that's, that's number one. Got another 415 number here on the text line. Need a few more games to acclimate Clay into the rotation. Of course. Of course, of course, of course. I just do believe that some of the issues that we saw yesterday didn't have anything to do with Clay. But to your point, I do think that once he does get acclimated, he will help some of this stuff. I'm more so talking about one turnovers. Two free throws actually weren't bad yesterday. But offensively, when the system isn't working as it normally does because things get tighter at the end of games, who is going to be able to – and look, everybody is continuing to improve. We saw Jordan Poole get better last season. So that's not to say what he, how he hasn't been able to get past certain defenders, right? That's not to say he won't be able to do that at the end of the, at, at, towards the end of the year. But I do know this. We still got about a month, and it does seem to look like Steph really needs that all-star break. He really needs that all-star break. Now, maybe that break will come a little bit sooner. Uh, Clay already wants more minutes. Of course he does. But it just looks like, and I, and I don't want to just give him an out of oh, Steph's tired, Steph's tired, but maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. We don't know, but what I do know is we're coming back. We might continue to talk Warriors. The, the text line is real hot right now. We might continue to talk Warriors. We make the rules. We might go Niners. I saw some texts earlier. I know you want your... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Niners talk is Cowboys week. Don't worry, we got you there too. It's the pregame show with Alan Siles on 95.7 The Game filling in for Stephen Lanford. We'll be right back. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. We are back. 95.7 The Game. Pre-game show, Alan Siles, filling in for Stephen Lanford. We're talking Warriors on a Warriors Wednesday. Not a Warriors win Wednesday, unfortunately, but we're talking about why. We're talking about why. Wing Wednesday as well. Uh, yesterday, I'm talking about tacos, Sam. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Now we're talking about wings. My favorite wing, I'm going to be honest, lemon pepper is, is very good. Don't sleep on garlic parmesan. Oh, see, I was gonna go. Garlic parmesan is my go-to whenever I go to be, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. It's mm-hmm. always got to have a, a order of garlic parmesan on there. Do not sleep on them. Obviously, Buffalo Buffalo is king, right? If when it's done right, but don't sleep on garlic parmesan. Wing Wednesday. Go grab some wings somewhere. There's got to be a deal. There's got to be a deal somewhere. We're halfway through the week. Enjoy yourself. Reward yourself. 
But the Warriors, maybe they need some wings. Maybe they need something to, to, to get them back on track, right, in terms of their offense. And even though they won against the Cavs, it, it, it was more about the Clay story than anything else. But we got a caller here, Mitch from New Jersey. Mitch, how are you feeling about what went down with the Warriors? Hey, Joel. Thanks for taking a call. Uh, always glad to see Thompson back. How many times do you see a triple-double, and you can say that Seth Curry didn't have a really good game? I mean, two for nine for three points, but he had a triple-double. I mean, if Green's not going to play, I want to see more of the, the young guys getting that power force. Uh, you know, you, I know you have uh, Zeming, I didn't see him in the box score, or Moses. The team is so deep. But a team, uh, like, in a, like, Memphis, like uh, Phoenix, Memphis is a good team. They got some good young players. Their bench is good. And they got some height. So those are the top two competitors uh, for winning all this year. You can't really put the LA teams. Uh, they're not looking too good this year. But um, the reason why he's not playing, and um, Alan, thanks for taking my call. I got to go punch in. There you go, Mitch. Thanks for calling. Look, it is, they are deep. And, and the question is, you, you see these guys, and, and by the way, there is just such a big difference between the G League and the NBA, and that sounds like an obvious statement, but when you see some of these numbers that Kaminga and Moody are putting up in the G League, it, it really does show you the, the, the leap that it takes to get these guys ready, to get these guys in a position where they're going to be ready to, to contribute. And Kaminga is, I, would, I feel, and I don't think anybody would disagree, Kaminga is a bit closer than, than, than Moody at this point, but Moody has shown flashes too. You're going to need all hands on deck, and that's a great point, Mitch. We had a situation last night where Steph, Steph has a triple-double, and nobody really, you know, 14 points, uh, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and nobody really even notices. Clay was a plus 17, obviously limited minutes, 20 minutes, but it wasn't enough, okay? Kind of a quiet day. From Andrew Wiggins, minus four, one, one, JTA, zero points, minus eight, seven minutes. I, 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 I'm curious if anybody asked Stephen, or, uh, Steve Kerr about that. So when you look at this team and you look at the team's makeup, there's a lot of guys. And again, that is where, you know, you, we've seen Moody create a little bit. Is this the time? And I know people got a lot to say my, my, you know, Shamari comes on here all the time. Not a huge fan of Chioza. And again, my whole thing with Chioza is that you see him and you see him in the guard position and you're kind of used to a standard with the Warriors. If he's able to shoot, you know, the, the guard play is very good on the Warriors. And to me, it's apples and oranges. Chioza is a different type of guard. And no, I am not here at 534 caping for Chioza to necessarily get more minutes. But he is a guy that we do feel can create. Like yesterday, without Draymond, I've said I don't really like when Chioza and Draymond play together because they kind of do the same thing. They initiate the offense, and they pass the ball around. Them shooting is, is kind of the last resort. So when I see them on the court together, I just feel like there's, there's just not enough option. And, if, and a lot of times Steph is not out there during those rotations. This is a mess. It would be interesting to see a Chioza, and I know defensively there's issues as well. It would be interesting to see a Chioza on the court with Clay, 
because he can get to the lane a little bit. He can facilitate that offense and get Clay the ball. So that would be interesting. I'm interested to see that. And again, nobody is sitting here saying the answer to the Warriors to get to the championship is Chioza. I'm just saying it because at the end of the day, when they get to the playoffs, uh, you know, the, the, the rotation is going to get much smaller. We talk about strength in numbers, but when you get down to the nitty gritty and you get down to the playoffs, that is that, that that's a different beast where we're, 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 it's a whole nother deal when you get to the playoffs, but until then, and you need guys to burn minutes and you need guys to, to continue to get reps. Maybe you see, maybe you see what he's got there, but again, we're not in practice. I trust Steve Kerr. I trust what he's been able to do these last years, but it, it, it will be intriguing to see where this team goes next, simply because we can sit here, and again, the text line, 888-957-9570, it's kind of mixed. Some people are freaking out. Some people are saying to relax. Sam, you don't need to play it again. Don't play it again. <laughs> so I understand both sides of it. You know me, king of both things can be true. But how about this? What we keep hearing, 30 and 10, 30 and 10, we're 30 and 10. First, we heard, you know, 30 and 9. And obviously, they were 29 and 9 before the Cavs game. But it's a, it's a, it's a, a happy medium between, there needs to be some balance between, hey, our record's still good. Our record's still good. Well, how about this? The Suns are 31 and 9. The Jazz are 28 and 13. The Grizzlies are 29 and 14, like we said, winners of 10 straight. The Mavericks have won six straight. They're 22 and 18. So it's not like the Warriors are way in front of everybody else. And like we just said, you need to finish off a road trip playing the Bucks and the Bulls and also the Timberwolves with no Draymond. Now, I, the one that we'll give, and obviously it's all on paper, you got to play the game, it's the Timberwolves, right? But if you drop these two games, even if you drop one of them, now you got 11 losses and the Jazz is right on your heels. Looking forward to what the Warriors have, okay, you get the Pistons at home. I believe it's a, yeah, it's a seven-game homestand. You get the Pistons at home. You get the Pacers at home, who they're no slouch either. Rockets at home. Jazz at home. That's a huge game. Sunday, 530 January 23rd, Mavericks at home. Mavericks have played them tough. They lost to the Mavericks. Dirk Nowitzki, retirement night. There's going to be want to be some get back there. You play the Timberwolves again. You got to love that. Then you get the Nets. January 29th, 530. No, no Kyrie. Or actually, well, Kyrie rolled his ankle. He came back into the game. There would be Kyrie. There would be Kyrie because it's an away game. So you got to, you got to, the tough stretches right now, but you also have, you also have a stretch where, you know, you're going to have some, quote-unquote easier games, but it, it kind of goes back and forth. One easy game, one tough game. One easy game, one tough game. And this is just going to be where Clay gets his feet under him. He already wants to play. I think he said, I think he joked, said he wanted to play 35 minutes. That's not going to happen, at least not not in the near future if the training staff or Steve Kerr has not anything to do with it. Not a chance. But, you know, Clay can Clay – can, um, he can dream. And as long as he continues to do what he's doing, I would say he's ahead of schedule. I, I think everybody would agree that he's a bit ahead of schedule. And if he continues to be ahead of schedule, obviously you want to be safe. But if you can get him to where his numbers typically are, his minutes typically are, and start this rotation and get used to this rotation, that might be that might be something that you look into. So we'll see what the Warriors do in Milwaukee. They play tomorrow night. 
4.30 our time. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake. Miliwake. Sounds like a Millirock as well. I, you know, just start dancing in the studio. Nobody would see me, but you could start doing that as well. And I know it's, it's time. It's time. It's been a lot, of, a lot of Warriors talk, but we had to. We got to do it, okay? The, 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 a loss is a loss. I'm not a guy who sits here and freaks out over losses, but I'm also not a guy who sits here and says it's one game, especially when it's against the Grizzlies who turn into the 96 Bulls every time you play them, especially against the Grizzlies who there's a good chance you're going to see them in the playoffs, especially against the Grizzlies who Ja Morant has been that closer. You just don't want a close game against these guys. He knows how to get to the line. He knows how to contort his body so that he gets fouled. He does things that you don't want to see at the end of the game. And frankly, he does things that you're going to need to see or need to continue to see Steph do at the end of the game and take over at times when he can because that's how you kind of just ward off the other team. You ward off the other team. We saw it happen. I just mentioned Mavericks coming to town within the next couple weeks. That's what Luka Doncic does very well. He plays the game differently based on where it is. Now, is it pretty to watch? Absolutely not. Not at all times. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But he does things to, to make sure that the other team doesn't get rolling. But it's time. It's Cowboys week. We're going to keep talking Niners this whole time, this whole week. We have to. And it's interesting. Yesterday, we went matchups. We went very, very heavy on the matchups and um, – what we think the, the Niners have as far as uh, where they could win them, where they could win them, where they're better, where maybe the Cowboys could be better. It's all on paper. It's all for fun. We don't know. But what we do know is that it's interesting that basically overnight, things have drastically changed for the Niners. Just last year, and I know that's a dad joke. I'm not a dad yet, but I, I, I got the dad jokes on deck. Just last year, a couple weeks ago, this team suffered a loss that they had no business losing. No business losing to the eventual number one seed in the AFC. And when we look at what you know now, you think, wow, the Niners were in control of that game the whole time. So that shows how good they really are and how good they can be. But when it happened, and boy, <laughs> When it happened, the sky might not have been falling, but there, there, it, it was starting to crack a little bit. It was starting to crack a little bit. On top of that, the most interesting QB in the world, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, the man, the myth, the legend himself, who didn't play well against the Niners, sees his old demons come out as in injuries in the form of a torn ligament in his thumb. And it, it, nobody knew where to go from there. The stage was set for the Corvette, the Ferrari, the Lamborghini that everybody wants to test drive. Everybody wants to see it. Trey Lance, specifically against the team, the Texans, who they play hard, but they're just not very good. Maybe they won the week before. They're just not very good. They're just not very good. So he comes out and he shows some flashes. Like I said, I had great tickets to that game, great seats. I saw that game. I was kicking it with E40, pretending like, uh, pretending like, you know, I was with the 40. I, I didn't manipulate myself in any pictures, but I probably should have. Trey Lance comes out, and you really would have thought that he there's nothing he could have done. He could have thrown five touchdowns. You know, I don't want to get too crazy here. You could have even thought about if he throws seven touchdowns. They probably go back to Jimmy G 
with him. I, I don't even we haven't we never even figured out what percentage healthy Jimmy G was. Was it was he 80 going into the game? Was he 90? Was he 70? But either way, Kyle Shanahan felt like that gave them the best chance to win, especially against the Rams, who they just own. The the Niners at this point, they just own them. The Rams, you know, should be paying them rent at this point. Even in, even in the even in the new stadium because it was filled with more red and gold than it was blue and whatever type of yellow that was. So when it mattered most, Jimmy G did show up. And Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, they take care of business, not only get into the playoffs, now they're the trendy team. They're the trendy team. Sam, did you see this coming? After the Niners lost to the Titans or even earlier in the season, if somebody were to tell you the Niners are going to be that, that trendy team, the, the dark horse, you see this coming. Well, it's crazy. Yeah, a couple weeks ago after that Titans game, you'd, you'd think that the Niners were completely winless. And then, yeah, it's just, it's a total turnaround. But, I mean, that's just the nature of the game. That's the nature of the fan base. It's reactionary. But, I mean, the Niners, everyone knew that all season, if the Niners could just kind of get it together, get that run game going, they're a team that no one wants to face. They have the defense that can get them there. Just all everything, everything has to be clicking on the right day. And if you know, on any given Sunday in the playoffs, it's definitely possible. Yeah, it's the tournament. It's the tourney. Now they're the hot team. And I will say, though, how many times does that hot team win it all? I'm not, I'm, I think the last time would probably be the, the Eagles, where, where it's the, oh, you know, nobody really saw them coming, per se, or they, they were rolling all season. Then they lost Carson Wentz, who at that time, Carson, the name Carson Wentz rang very differently than it does now. And he's a decent quarterback now. At that time, he was an MVP candidate, gets hurt. Nick Foles actually takes him to the promised land. But now the Niners are the team that no one wants to play. Now we're being reminded that they have the best record in the league since week eight. They're eight and three. Now Jimmy G is the guy again. And I don't think anybody, I got, I, I was uh, getting flamed on the text line yesterday for, for, I don't know if it was personally me or just everybody that has been talking about Jimmy G uh, negatively. And now Jimmy G is coming for his receipts or Jimmy G's, uh, Jimmy G's fans are coming for all the receipts and we can Porn wear it. star Jimmy. <laughs> we can wear it. We can wear it. Because as the stats change, as the facts change, opinions can change. We, but on top of that, again, the Niners own the Rams. So is this a matter of, I don't want to say fool's gold, but the Niners have the Rams number. I think the reason that bodes well for the Niners is because of the Cowboys, although their rushing attack is, is much more potent than the Rams, they are fairly similar in that way. And that's what's so crazy about this, right? I don't think I've heard the words Trey Lance since the zeros hit on the clock on Sunday. And that's, fi- and that- and that's fine. That's just the nature of the game. I don't personally sit here and pretend like I knew this was going to happen. We didn't know what Jimmy G was going to show up. And to be honest, first half Jimmy G is exactly the Jimmy G that nobody wanted to see. But he finds a way to win. He always does as he has done. He's flawed, but it's not debatable. As quickly as you feel like he can take a team out of a game, they stay close enough to give themselves a chance. And I'm not saying he's an all-world player now. I know I joked about I know I joked about he turns into Dan Marino and Steve Young and Joe Montana when it's under two minutes. But you gotta admit, he just finds a different gear and he 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 does it when it matters now sometimes he has to find an extra gear because he's put the Niners in a bad position from picks and things like that side note the Niners are undefeated when Jimmy G doesn't throw a pick so if he doesn't throw a pick 
on Sunday, maybe that works out for you. Maybe that works out for you. But it does remind me of something. When you're playing your best ball at a certain time, as Sam stated, anything can happen. And if you guys have heard me on the radio before, Dan Devone loves to talk about the fact that I played college baseball. It was a long time ago, long time ago. I don't really have, uh, you know, much to much to to go off of. I don't have any all-conference, anything like that. But I did play, and I do have just a, a bit of a a bit of a thought process in this way. Yeah, my senior year, we beat the number twenty-four team in the nation, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, if there are any A's fans listening, had Chad Pender on that team. Uh, he's now on the A's. I believe he, he was on the A's last season. I believe he's still on the A's. You never know with the A's. And we had no business beating that team. We had no business beating that team at all. Okay? But we were playing our best ball. Everything clicked at the same time. It was a one-game exhibition. And on that day, we beat them. And we were not, we were not very good. We were not very good. Now, the Niners have shown flashes, just like my team showed flashes. We couldn't put it all together, but on that single day, we were able to do this. So, if you're a Niners fan, you got to think, this is when you're hot. This is when it's time to go. And psychologically, the Cowboys, they don't know what's going on. The, the, even the front office doesn't know. But let's get to some callers here. Like I said, 888-957-9570. We got the text line rocking. And let's hear from Rob and Sam Bruno. Man, look, look I, I, I don't believe in Jimmy G. I think he's going to cost us the game. You look at his last two starts, even yesterday. He got more interceptions than touchdowns. So I, I'm not – maybe he proves me wrong, but he, he's not playing his best ball right now. I think we lucked up against the Rams. The Rams made mistakes and we took advantage of them, and that's what good teams do. But I think Jimmy G is going to be a reason we don't advance. I just don't trust him. Like I said, he proved me wrong. I'd be happy to be wrong. But from what I've seen the last two weeks, that, that whole tight game and the first three quarters of that football, what, the first three and a half quarters, I'm not impressed with Jimmy. So, like I said, he proved me wrong. I'm happy. But I just don't trust him because he throws too many mistakes, too many rookie mistakes. And that's my bit. Haters. Thank you, Rob, for that call. Rob Sam, from San Bruno. Shout out, San Bruno. And, and, He's got a point. He's got a point. Look, I don't think that Jimmy G is 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 super balling right now. I don't think he's super balling right now. It's interesting because, like we mentioned, like we mentioned, Jimmy G does bring these the the Niners back in certain situations, but they're also situations that he put them in. So what do you do with that? That Titans game. When they almost did pull it out at the end, I said, I, you know, I had I had it in my drafts. If Jimmy G pulls this out, let's not remember why we were in this position in the first place. Well, let's not let's not forget why we were in this position in the first place. But so it's it's hard to really quantify. If you are, if you know what it is, it's kind of like when uh, Looney or someone like that is missing. Uh, missing putbacks, right? And you're getting rebounds and your your stats are going up and then you eventually make the basket. Well, you made the basket, but you, you should have made the basket sooner. You were, you were point blank range. Jimmy G has comeback wins. They have the most, like I said yesterday, they have the most points, uh, I believe within two minutes going into the half and going in or, or, and ending the game in the whole league, in the whole league. 
So they're good at that. But is that also because they put themselves in a position where they have to take care of business in that way? Maybe that's it as well. Maybe that's it as well. So we have to give Kyle Shanahan credit. He sticks to what he believes in. And in this situation, honestly, we should all be glad he did because I do think Trey Lance probably could have beat the Rams, but we don't know. He is a rookie, and we know a rookie has never won a Super Bowl, right? So it's a tough spot. We know that they were rolling with Jimmy G this season. They were, they had made that decision early, unless Trey Lance looked like the second coming of a combination between Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. They were rolling with Jimmy G. So when you roll with Jimmy G, you're rolling with, with everything that comes with Jimmy G. And now they're hot, and we know when it looks good, when the offense looks good, it looks beautiful. You got Debo, Debo and Fools, okay? That's why it's his name. You got Juwan Jennings. You got the running game. You got Elijah Mitchell. When they're clicking on all cylinders, it's great. It's great because Jimmy knows how to play within this offense. And now you head to Dallas, and and the, the narratives have changed. The bulletin board material has changed. You're you, Vegas has them three-point underdogs. Nobody. That's basically saying going into Dallas, that's pretty much to me saying Vegas is saying it's a toss-up. And it could continue to move. It could continue to move. So now if you're the Cowboys, you have the bulletin board material. Oh, they think the Niners are going to come in here and they're going to hit us in the mouth. Okay, we got something for them. But here's the problem. You can't get tougher within a week. You can't change your identity within a week. The Cowboys are who they are. They can, they can try to scheme differently. And we saw that happened with the Rams, right? That's how you get six straight. You don't get six straight. Sean McVay, the wonder boy, you don't get, you don't get six straight wins off somebody like that, somebody that is uh, thought of in the NFL world as a genius unless your style and your personnel is just better. It's just better. So – the Cowboys have a situation where they can try and, and uh, understand what the Niners are going to do. By the way, the Niners, there's so many wrinkles within this offense. There's only so much you can have a scout team do, and there's only so much you can prepare for. Debo threw a pass in, in a, in a, in a winner-go-home game. Obviously, if the, if the Falcons said, well, whatever, in a winner-go-home game, Debo threw a pass. Debo. And it ended up as a touchdown. So you look at what Jimmy G has done and you look at what the Niners have done. You have to give them credit and you have to look at the Cowboys and say, hey, man, you're worried about ticket sales. You're worried about you're worried about ticket sales. You're worried about who's going to be there for your game. And that's because the Niners are coming to town, the red and gold, the faithful. Everybody's already buying their tickets. So it's going to be something something to see. I, I think it's I think. Yes, they're the trendy pick, but they're the trendy pick in this way because it just makes sense. You know what else makes sense? Everybody, the gamers, having a good rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your morning. Thank you for listening to the pregame show with Alan Styles, 95.7 The Game, filling in for Stephen Lanford. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.